This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. A really painful moment again. Um, we started the game considering really early, a really soft goal. Um, that in this moment, um, obviously, is difficult. Um, but the player reacted to be fair and we started to go. As the game was, um, was moving forward, um, we scored the goal. A really good goal, and after that, uh, I think that we were the better team for the next 25 minutes. But uh, when we had the best moments in the game, we got to get another soft goal, and obviously that makes um, the game even harder. But uh, still, we kept going, and we had um, an open situation where we can play Laka through. We missed the pass, and in that uh, counter, um, they just scored the goal in, in an offside position. And obviously, after that moment, uh, the game is over. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. Mikel Arteta speaking after the latest Arsenal setback in midweek when they were dumped out of the Carabao Cup quarterfinals. On the ball with me, Ross, Christmas edition. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas to everybody. And a very Merry Christmas to, to three excellent gentlemen who took time away from their beverages. Well, for a while, to join me this evening. Hello and Merry Christmas to Bob Holmes. Merry Christmas, everybody. And the same goes to Arvin Sidhu. Ho, 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 Arvin. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas time, the time when Mariah Carey, Michael Bublé and Sam Allardyce come out. So we'll, we'll discuss Sam later, I'm sure. I'm not sure which <laughs> one of those three I like best. <laughs> Des Corkill, Merry Christmas to you, sir. Ho, ho, ho to a VAR-free Carabao Cup. Yeah. <laughs> was it? Was that a good thing? We shall discuss. As usual, you can find us all on Twitter individually or you can tweet at BFM Radio. Follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And do check out our latest video, TFIF on video on our YouTube channel, TFIF on video. Right. Carabao Cup quarterfinals, Arsenal 1, Man City 4. We heard Arteta at the start. More misery, Bob Holmes, piled on Mikel Arteta. Uh, a ruthless performance by Man City. I, I, I know he's got a lot of credit, but it must be running pretty low now. Uh, yes, I think it is. I, I think he looked a bit rattled. Uh, and his statement uh, when he was talking about the uh, percentages and expected goals and that sort of thing doesn't augur well. It, it smacked of a man getting a little desperate. And it was compared to a certain Rafa Benitez rant <laughs> uh, many years ago uh, called the facts rant. I'm sure both <laughs> Liverpool and Man United fans will remember that well. And that signaled a uh, bit of a downturn in Liverpool's challenge for the title, didn't it, when they were looking uh, pretty good. Um, but, you know, I, I was looking at this and I, I was pretty sure that Arsenal had started the season well. I know they won the FA Cup last season, which hardly seemed like last season. They won the Community Shield. But I was surprised to find they won 12 of their first 15 matches this season. Now, some of those were, uh, that's including the Community Shield. It was including a EFL Cup game. A win at Old Trafford. A couple of... Uh, uh, Europa League games, but yeah. still a win is a win is a win. 12 out of the first 15 games of the season, they won. And now this, I mean, it by any standards, it's a, it's off a cliff, isn't it? And it's unusual for a bright young manager to make a great start to a career in a new club. And then it, then to lose it like this, to this extent, I think he must have lost the dressing room. I think it has to be that. You, you feel even more sorry when Pep Guardiola in his post-match comes out and, and speaks up for Arteta. Um, what, do, do you reckon there's a bit in there, Arvin? Do you reckon Arteta's lost that dressing room? Well, when you look at some of the things that have been happening, the indiscipline of the amount of players that are getting sent off on the pitch. And some of the, some of the things that Arteta has been doing it has been a little bit 
baffling. I mean, we remember the North London derby where he's, he was trying to push Thomas Partey onto the pitch and said, gay on, and Thomas <laughs> Partey was injured. The same thing happened here. Gabriel Martinelli was, was yeah. basically their, 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 their bright spark. The In guy this took game, a hit. yeah, agreed. He, 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 took a, he took a hit close to halftime. And then you bring him on at half, after halftime and he gets off after four minutes. So there, there are some things that are a bit concerning um, for Arsenal and, and Arteta. And I feel that in a crisis management situation, because he doesn't have the experience, he's not being able to figure out and he's not resourceful enough to know what to do. And one really damning fact, and I looked at this one, last season, Arsenal had the second best conversion rate of goals after Liverpool. They are 15th this season. And that shows, I mean, the goals, Aubameyang has got three, Lacazette's got three. The other three, William, Pepe, Nekitia, have got three among them. At Arsenal level, it's just not good enough. And they're going into a very, very troubling time of the season. Chelsea this weekend, and then they've got some games that they must win. So, well, West Brom yeah. on the horizon. And Big Sam came out and said, yes, they are in a relegation dogfight. So <laughs> that, that's got to be worrying, if anything. But um, okay, well, City went into this looking a bit flat. I mean, their confidence would have been built up for away goals. But... Uh, Problems at Arsenal, Des Corker. I know you're going to say, Wenger, Wenger, bring him back. <laughs> bring back no, Unai Emery. <laughs> yeah, no, what, what I'm going to say is, uh, so, so the big change was made about Arsene Wenger saying we want to take the step up and, and, and people don't really realise what a sensationally good job Arsene Wenger was doing fourth every, every year. They'd bite your hand off to, to be fourth at the moment. I don't think they're as bad as, as that. Uh, you look at the, the, they concede the early goal, they get back in, uh, then the goalkeeper, Runnison, who I, I thought that was a strange one, letting yeah. um, Martinez go. Although, to be fair, Martinez wanted to be guaranteed the first choice goalkeeper, and uh, Arteta said he couldn't deliver that. But even so, you, you want two really reliable goalkeepers, and Runnison, heck, he only looks 16, doesn't he? You don't want a 16 year old in goal for you. So um, it, it was a pretty a lousy error to allow Mares to score the second. So, but uh, Arsenal will get out of this. Uh, there's enough players there who will turn it round. I'm not sure uh, where the, um, uh, the, the there's talk of factions in the in the in the dressing room rather than uh, anti Arteta. So you get rid of those hotheads, um, and that well, I think Arteta has got the backing of the club to actually try and do that. But he won't do it this year. What I would like to point out is I thought Manchester City are on the way back. Yep. City are showing little signs that they've had a, a third of a season in the, in, a, comparatively in the dumps. But this was a comprehensive performance. You, not many go to the Emirates and win as comprehensively as this, uh, even against a, a, a less than stellar Arsenal side. I thought this was very good from Man City. All right. More about that later. Uh, very good from Brentford, who knocked Newcastle out of the quarterfinals. Uh, a shocking one, but then you shouldn't really be surprised because Thomas Frank has done wonders with his Brentford side, Bob. Uh, remember, they lost out on that playoff final against Fulham last year, sold probably two of their best players, and they're still playing attractive football. Yeah, uh, and replacing them with, uh, with very good players too. They seem to be able to do this, don't they? Uh, they are a real money ball club and that they're they're run by a, a, a by the data that they they find and they they go by it um, and they seem to know where to find an almost like for like replacement for one of their top uh, sales in the lower leagues so what they're doing i mean they sold uh, ollie watkins and uh, ben rama for between 20 and 30 million apiece uh, in the transfer window. And they've replaced them with uh, bargains for yeah. just a couple of million. And uh, to Ivan Tone looks as if he could be even better than Ollie Watkins. 16 goals uh, in 20 matches. Not yeah, bad, eh? I, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, if you can keep doing that, well, you can't, can you? You can't keep doing it forever. I mean, clubs have tried that and done it for a few seasons, but you can't rely on that production line forever. But they are making a very good job of it, and they've just moved their stadium to a new, a new place just around the corner, rather like Arsenal did in the North London. This is in West London. You see the ground if you 
are lucky enough to get a flight to Heathrow Airport coming in low. Uh, it's on your left-hand side. Um, everybody thinks it's Wembley, uh, those, who, uh, <laughs> those who don't know, and they think, what a rubbishy ground is that? But actually, it's Brentford. Um, but uh, no, this was not that much of a shock. No, I mean, you've got a club here that's been pushing for promotion from the uh, championship for the last few years, can hold their own against pretty much anybody against the Newcastle side that is, well, lethargic at best. And um, really, Brentford deserved to win this, what I saw, the highlights anyway. Um, They played the better football, and I'm reliably informed by a Brentford fan who used to be on this show, (laughs) Mr. Ray Jennings, that um, uh, Brentford are better than they were last season. And uh, he's, he's got, he's got fairly high hopes of them making the playoffs and uh, possibly going further. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. More pressure heaped on Steve Bruce. We'll talk about Newcastle later on. Let's just wrap up the uh, Carabao Cup quarterfinals. Man United went away to Everton and continued their great away form. Won 2-0. Arvin Sidhu, Cavani with a really nice goal. Um, United away from home, quite formidable. The stats are amazing. Very, very good super away record. I mean, they're unbeaten in 20, I believe, in domestic. Yeah. They've won 18 of them. Uh, they, they made a few changes from the game, from, from their comprehensive win against Leeds. But uh, but Bruno still played. Uh, Edison Cavani is just quality. I mean, the way that he took that that that, that, that goal just shows what you pay for. Uh, I thought Pogba played well as well. He, he yeah. outperformed. Pogba. Pogba's been good since the outburst by his agent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been a bit of a fifty-fifty. I mean, on one hand, Ole has come out and said Pogba potentially could stay if we win trophies because that's what players want to win trophies. But then on the other hand, Pogba has come out and said nothing. Let's not talk about anything right now. Focus on 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 performances in this season. So he hasn't been committed to it. Uh, but yeah, and I thought he played better than Donny Van Der Beek. I think Donny Van Der Beek didn't really make the most out of his rare start that he's given. Uh, but United uh, are looking good. I mean, uh, for at this point in the season, I was reading an article where Namajavatic thinks that they're playing their best football ever under Ole. It's a question yeah. of how long that will go on for. But in a good moment, they are right now. And uh, yeah, it's interesting times for United fans. Well, as a United fan, I've got to say it's way better than Jose Mourinho football. I'm, I'm saying this despite ups and downs and all that. But... I want to I wanna ask, tell you this, Des Corkill. Everton didn't have a single shot on target in that second half against Man United in a Carabao yeah. Cup quarterfinal. They were a little bit disappointing, Everton, because they, you know, teams get a big kick out of winning the League Cup, as I still uh, call it. And yeah, if that's you can what get it is. that first trophy uh, under, under your belt, it really is a kickstart because it gives belief to the players that, hey, we can go on and uh, do bigger and better things. And I thought for both Man United and for Everton, this was a huge opportunity. So Everton were, uh, they, 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 they were the Everton after winning the league after four games, weren't they? They were a little bit down. They, they, uh, so Sigurdsson always frustrates me. Um, Sigurdsson had a shot on target. Yeah, he had a free <laughs> kick that was beautifully turned over by Henderson. So don't trust all the... Um, all, all, all the stats that you get. But no, they, they didn't really turn up. Man United, hey, I need you to go back to, to me at the start of yes, the season. I, I, Man yeah. United side are a lot better than people think. And Cavani is a little bit of gold dust that they've added up front. That was a superb goal. Uh, and his weaker left there. foot as well. Yeah, theoretically weaker left foot. So Man United will be there. But you're, you're, you're right, right, quite right to focus on Everton because this was a chance for them to maybe... Get in amongst the big boys. Uh, if you're in the semi-finals, Everton can can do it. Nancelotti can inspire, but missed opportunity for for the Blue Noses. I smilingly say. <laughs> so Manchester derby is one semi-final now. Tottenham Hotspur, Jose Mourinho and Spurs are two wins away from a first trophy. One of those wins, hopefully for Spurs, will be in the semi-final against Brentford. Spurs made light work of, of Stoke, although when Stoke equalized Arvin Sidhu, um, Jose brought up Dele Ali. He kind of singled out Dele Ali, didn't he? A la yeah, Jose. And I feel like, yeah, if, if Dele Ali's career in the Spurs ever was a nail in the coffin, this seems to be the second nail in the coffin because he's come out and he has completely lambasted him again and said that 
uh, I will not tolerate these kind of things because Dele Alli, for all his nice touches and all that he does for that Spurs squad, he doesn't bring that organizational efficiency that Mourinho wants and expects from all his players. So yeah, uh, but they won. They won away at a cold, wet, windy Wednesday night in Stoke. <laughs> I mean, and, and the, the Spurs have been able to do it. Two wins away from ending their twelve-year drought. Uh, but yeah, he takes this the, the League Cup really seriously. I mean, Jose has won it with Chelsea numerous times. With Man United, won as well. So yeah, uh, the only concerning bit for them, and we'll talk about this later, is uh, Gareth Bale pulling up uh, during halftime. I know he probably is looking to depend on him, especially at this hectic point of the season. Yeah. So that was the only slight blip on that performance. But yeah, Spurs uh, and then United, I see these are the two teams that really want this trophy on top of Chelsea, uh, City winning it uh, the three times in a row already. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's enough for them, I think. Yeah, that's enough. Right. Yeah. That's your Carabao Cup quarterfinals. And we're going for our first break. When we come back, we'll start previewing your Boxing Day fixtures for you has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. And once more, footballers of all racial backgrounds take a knee to express a united opinion that black lives matter. On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Ho, ho, ho! It's a very Merry Christmas to everybody. Bob Holmes, Arvin Sidhu and Des Corkill joining me to preview match week 15. Oh yeah, football has no holiday. Early kickoff on Saturday is Leicester City against Manchester United. This is a top five encounter, Bob Holmes, based on the two form teams, I guess you should say. Yeah, uh, well, United certainly. Uh, this is their best run ever in uh, away from home. Uh, and But I think this will be a bit of a test for them. Because Leicester, as you say, are also in form. And they've got Jeremy Vard, Jamie Vardy. And uh, I can see him causing a few problems to that United defence. Uh, I know we, you know, it sounds like a broken record worrying about the United defence. But it's not been improved. And uh, he's, he's a tremendous threat. He's right up there in the goal-scoring uh, charts. He's managed to stay fit for most of the season. He looks as hungry and as good as ever. And I think that United might have their work cut out in stopping him. You've got Madison, who's... Um, Coming into good form a, as well, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've, they've missed him. Leicester have missed him. But he's, he, as you say, he's coming back into, into form now. He's had a few games, got a few games under his belt. And Leicester are looking uh, quite a decent side, better than I... I thought they would, actually. Um, I'm always a bit reluctant to give Brendan Rodgers credit, perhaps. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, fair play to him. Uh, he's, he's got together a, a, a pretty decent side. And uh, I think we're fortunate to have this one as an early kickoff because this, this could be a real treat. Most of, the, most of the good games are on at ridiculous times for us here, aren't they? Yeah. But this one is potentially uh, a very, very interesting game. Uh, hard to call, but I got a feeling this away record might go on uh, on Boxing Day tomorrow. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Des Corkill, celebrated two years since his appointment now at Old Trafford. And if you if you follow United's football, uh, for me, they've actually starting to establish actual patterns of play. You look at the players; they seem to be enjoying the football. So, what do you think after two years? Progress, uh, stability. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're getting to where they they should be. You Man United fans, you believe you've got the right to uh, be at the top of the tree every year, all, all the time. Uh, you've got ridiculous amounts of money that you can spend. But Ali Gunnar has come in and and reintroduced some, I think, United uh, traditions of trying to play attacking football, even if it is on the breakaway. They're not the uh, the the flamboyant. Uh, Alex Ferguson do or die um, team but uh, yeah rock solid uh, as, a, as a Liverpool fan I hope he stays for a long 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 time because I don't think he's genuine up top class but with the players at his disposal he's got them back in the in, in the firing line so I think as a as an interim uh, a long-term interim uh, I think he'll do a fine job for Manchester United because he's got the stability back that, that even Jose Mourinho wasn't able to get despite the trophies he's got you playing kind of the way you want to. But I can see this one, the two teams cancelling each other out 
because both like to hit on the break. So I can see this one being a rather dour nil-nil. Ooh, he's had too much Christmas pudding. <laughs> um, um, I, 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 yeah, okay. Okay. Um, they they are more exciting, um, but great football managers have got to start somewhere, Arvin Sidhu. They've got to start with a win somewhere. Now, you can say last season, three semifinals, they fell at. So this year, they, they've got to one already. Do you see progression? Do you think one win in anything might actually kickstart Ole? Uh, it might, because we've seen other scenarios of, of club legends being brought in. Zidane has worked well with Madrid. Guardiola worked well with Barcelona. And Pirlo before that, nothing, struggling. right? Exactly. Pirlo is struggling at Juventus to find identity. I agree. I agree with Des that he's brought the culture and the values back to United that seem to have been lost during the Van Gaal and the Jose days. And progression is needed. But after two years, three years, if he doesn't deliver a trophy, I still feel that at a results-based business that football is in, he, he won't last because he's not that top echelon of managers that's available out there, like the Allegri's and the Pochettino's. He's sort of below that. Uh, but what's helping him this season is the likes of Bruno Fernandes that was not there last season for the whole season. The likes of Cavani that's come in. The likes of Alex Telles who's showing better at left-back. So... He, he needs to deliver a trophy. That's why I said that League Cup is so important for United or for Spurs because they are longing for that trophy. Progress, yes, but it will only be determined by winning something and hopefully he does in the next couple of years. Or you hope that, Alvin? You hope that? <laughs> As a football uh, follower. <laughs> yes, football follower. Christmas spirit. I won't be bad against United today. So Christmas <laughs> away. Nobody wants United to win anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's not only just overdone the pudding, a bit on the tipple as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's the early kickoff then. Leicester City versus Manchester United, Saturday, 8.30 p.m. Um, Arsenal versus Chelsea is a big one. It's 15th. Versus fifth, it's a Sunday 1.30 a.m. kick off this one. Just four league wins for Arsenal this season, Bob Holmes. It seems so weird saying that. Uh, yes, it does. Uh, but I don't agree with uh, Sam Allardyce for saying that Arsenal are in the relegation zone. I think that's him. He wouldn't have said that and, uh, until he took the West Brom job. I think he's just, uh, you know, firing one across the bows there. Uh I think they'll get out of it. And I do think they've been a bit unlucky. I think I said that before. Um, casting my mind back, I, I can see countless goalmouth scrambles and flailing Arsenal boots and the ball just refusing to go in, hitting the woodwork several times, keepers playing out of their skin. And in that regard, I think Arteta had a point. I think they have been unlucky. But I don't think the manager should have said that. I think that's the, that's the difference. Um, but uh, And I think it's worth mentioning that uh, the guys that have signed the big contracts have not delivered. Yeah. And Aubameyang, I mean, they moved everything to get him to stay. They made him captain. And since he, since he signed, he's hardly had a kick. Never mind score a goal. I think he scored one penalty. And I think you need more leadership uh, from him, certainly. And Willian, a major disappointment. I thought it was quite a coup for Arsenal to get him. Uh, he was great at Chelsea, uh, always gave 150%. And since he's gone to Arsenal, I don't think he's given 75%. Mm. Um, so I think there has to be some connection there between the signing of uh, lucrative long contracts and uh, whether you want to break sweat or not. And that goes back to the manager, doesn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, you have, you know, he has to handle that. I mean, he's got some big names there, big names, big egos. They play for big clubs and he's a rookie manager. They know that. And I think they're, um, they're probably testing him. And it could well be that there, there are factions rather than the dressing room being totally lost. But it's certainly not a, a place of harmony. And it's a very difficult period for Arteta here. And uh, I hope he comes through it because I, I, think, he's a, I think he's a pretty good guy. He, he played football in the right way when he, when he was a player at Arsenal and Everton. 
and uh, I think he's got his values are, are, are right. Um, so I, I hope he weathers the storm. Opponents, Chelsea, well, they've dropped down to fifth now. Uh, spotlight suddenly gone on, on their big signings. Uh, a lot of talk about Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. Werner hasn't found the back of the net for nine matches now. Um, I mean, is this harsh? I mean, he's, he's also a rookie manager, isn't he, Lampard? So, yeah, yeah. Um... Exactly what Bob said. <laughs> he managed Derby. He's not a rookie manager. He's got. He's been given a lot of money to play with. A lot of money to play with. Exactly. They'll be. They'll be fine. Uh, Timo Werner. I wouldn't worry about him too much. Uh, you say he hasn't scored in nine, but he's getting into those positions. You worry about strikers when they don't get into those positions. Giroud has come in, and Tammy Abraham's uh, have filled him. I, I. I think Chelsea will be genuinely competitive. Uh, Lampard tries to play them down and he said those two defeats say that they, they aren't as good as, as, as the real top boys. But don't be fooled by that. Good players. So, so as with Man United, good players just assembled in a good way should be able to be competitive. The real manager is able just to tweak that little bit extra. Well, I think we'll find out uh, this season whether Frank Lampard has got that little bit extra. He's been given a, a lot of responsibility, a lot of money to play with. Um, so long as they're there or thereabouts come April, I think they'll be happy at Chelsea. Then it's, it's really down to whether or not they're able to convert that into a, a genuine championship charge. Arvin, if Chelsea win this, the pressure on Arteta would be... Whoa ramped up wouldn't it would be uh there's there's of course we talked about the games after the chelsea game which are in a way defining because they've got games which they should be winning uh so their record against chelsea hasn't been great for the last couple of years chelsea just seem to have that knack of knowing how to bully arsenal off the ball uh and they still seem to have some players that can be able to do that uh but yeah it's it's i i feel that even if they lose this game ateta it, it won't come down that hard on him because I don't think he's expected to get anything out of this from the run that they are. They will be defined on the games after that and they would expect January to be much higher than where they are right now, which is in 15th. So yeah, I think he gets a bit slight free pass on this one, but it will also depend on the performance. They have to perform and show that they can battle for it. It's, it's really up to you because with Arsenal, I feel every game this season is a different episode. Either someone gets sent off or a manager pushes yeah. someone on the pitch, someone is injured. <laughs> it just always seems to be some drama with Arsenal, just like AFTV. It seems like the club <laughs> and the AFTV is connected in a way. So it's, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's see for another interesting derby this weekend, I bet. Can Sunday. I just interject that, uh, yeah. Ross? Because I think that the pressure isn't from within the club. I think the pressure is uh, this Arsenal television. Yeah. And it's an, a very much an external pressure. Everybody's whinging about it. And one of the most important things for the club is if they've got a, a focus and a, and a belief in what they are doing, then they should really stick with it and ignore these external pressures because Arsenal TV, they're there for clicks. They're there, not there for Arsenal Football Club. They're there for the clicks. So um, uh, it, it, if they think Arteta's the, the right man, Go with him. Like Solskjaer at Man United, if you think he's the right man, go with him. Well said. Arsenal 15th against Chelsea. Fifth is a Sunday, 1.30 a.m. kickoff. We're off for a break. Uh, stick with us. More of the Boxing Day fixtures after this. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. We wondered if you'd make a difference. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Ho, ho, ho. Very Merry Christmas to you. It's a Christmas edition of On the Ball with me, Ross, as well as Arvin Sidhu, Bob Holmes, and Des Corkill. You can follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. And do check out our brand new video. It is out. It's TFIF on video via YouTube. Right, continuing our look then at the Boxing Day fixtures. Bottom club, Sheffield United take on Everton in fourth. Um, Sheffield United, uh, they're comparing this United Sheffield United side, Bob Holmes, to the Derby side. I know you, you'll take a lot of pride talking about this. The Derby <laughs> side of the Premier League that... that that's been deemed the worst side ever to grace the Premier League. Yeah, I'm getting a bit concerned that uh, Sheffield United might be uh, about to take Derby's record off them. 
I, I sincerely hope that they uh, they don't. I think that record should stay for all time. <laughs> um, and I do think, seriously, I do think the Sheffield United are a better team than Derby <laughs> were then. Uh, all joking aside, um, I mean, they almost got into Europe last season. Uh, well, they they flirted with the idea, didn't they, until they faded a bit towards the end. But they were that good. They were up there. And they haven't changed the team uh, fundamentally. I think they, uh, one or two of their innovations have been found out and they've had injuries um, at, uh, at the wrong time, in the wrong place, missing one or two key people. And they haven't had any luck either. Um, but I, I expect them to rally, but I think they've probably left it a bit too late. Um, I mean, no team has ever survived uh, being in this uh, situation at Christmas. Um, remember Leicester famously um, a few years ago were uh, bottom at Christmas yeah. and, and survived quite comfortably under Nigel Pearson and then won the title the following season. Um, I don't see Sheffield United doing that, <laughs> but... Uh, so when you're down, if you're bottom at Christmas, there's an old saying in football, if you're bottom at Christmas, you tend to go down. And nine times out of 10, you do. Mm. And I think, I think they will. But I think they'll put up some sort of, some sort of a fight. Um, they're, they're not playing that badly. They just can't buy a goal, can yeah. they? That's yeah. their problem. And last season, they were getting goals from all over the field. Defenders were popping up. Uh, heading set pieces in and that sort of thing. Um, it just hasn't gone for them this season. So for Everton, I think um, finding that they're away at Sheffield United right after a fairly disappointing defeat to, to United in midweek, I think this is just the game that Everton need to get back on track. But likewise, Sheffield United will probably be seeing in Everton a chance to to actually get a get a rare point or two. Yes, do you reckon the the Sheffield United will kick on? Are they just one win away from actually kickstarting their season? Or or I know you're all one for they have to entertain and and let's face it, the blades don't. Uh, they haven't changed from last year, where everyone was waxing lyrical about them. But I go back to last year; they scored a goal a game, and what they did really well was they kept a lot of clean sheets. This year, they've scored uh, only a goal every other game. It's 18-14, and they've conceded 25 in 14. So they're not keeping clean sheets. They're not scoring goals. They're, they haven't changed the way they played. They just had an exceptional uh, run last year. They're not a good side. There aren't players in that side who you think would get into any other team in the top half. Uh, if, you, if you're leading with Ollie McBurney um, as, as, as one of your main strikers, you're not going to score goals. Uh, if you're not getting bodies into the penalty area because you're worried about conceding, you're not going to score goals. I fear, I fear this is another derby because their confidence is low. They're, they're conceding sloppy goals now. They'll still fight. They'll still show, show, show pride. But not this, this could be derby's record gone. Uh, the first uh, single point total tally in the whole of uh, the season, I think, is looming. Arvin Sidhu. Could this be the weekend to ca triple captain Calvert Lewin? Maybe, could be. But but the thing is, I was looking. I was looking at uh, Sheffield United's uh, games and their results. They don't get battered. They don't lose by many. They lose by the odd goal. They lose by one. They might lose by a two-one. Uh, so they don't get battered. But I feel like like what uh, Bob has said. The loss of Dean Henderson was big. Ramsdale has come in and done a relatively okay job. But a player which no one spoke about last season, Jack O'Connor, losing him at the back. Someone who does his work efficiently, uh, rarely puts a foot wrong in the game. That's what's really, really troubling them. And it was interesting, I was reading an, an article about uh, Sheffield United's training. It seems Chris Wilder, his mode of training them is a 5km run around the pitch and a little bit of coaching, a little bit of organisational shape. There's no coaching or development of players. So the players that you've seen last season haven't gotten better from last season. They've got contract rebels like Lundstrom who doesn't want to sign a contract. Ryan Brewster has been brought in for a lot of money, but you can't expect a youngster like that to save you from goals. So I'm with Des on this. I, I feel that the Derby record 
could go. Derby had more points this at this point in the season than Sheffield United does. <laughs> oh so, so, so yeah, I, I feel that's one for taking right there. I, I feel Sheffield United, but they won't sack him. They they revere him over there. Yeah, yeah. Lane. Chris Wilder will be expected to bring them right back up. So he'll be there towards the end of the season. I'd, I'd be shocking if he's let go of his job. All right, Sheffield United versus Everton. Sunday, 4 a.m. kickoff. Bottom versus fourth. Everton and Ancelotti will want to try and solidify that top four position. Should be interesting. Leeds United in 14th take on Burnley in 16th. This one's Sunday, 8 p.m. Burnley had a quite a surprising 2-1 win against Wolves, Bob Holmes. Nobody saw that one coming, but maybe the Sean Dyche work method is starting now and, and and Burnley maybe they're realizing hey we are Premier League yeah well they they're picking up a bit aren't they um and and Leeds uh well uh yeah they've shown their defensive weaknesses uh Burnley will be be thinking they can they can actually get something here but um on the other hand I think Leeds are quite capable of giving giving Burnley a tonking I mean uh Leeds either give tonkings out or get tonked themselves, don't they? That seems to be the pattern of the season. Very unpredictable. Um, just depends. Uh, I mean, one or two sides have found them out. But then again, uh, Liverpool had to work hard to beat Leeds. Um, so, I mean, they can uh, mix and match with, with the best team. Um, uh, but I would say after that, uh, experience that rather chastening experience against uh, Man United uh, Leeds will will bounce back I, I'm not saying going to say they're going to go defensive and shore up the back because I don't think Bielsa knows how to do that and he wouldn't if he did um, so I think it'll be the same old Leeds but I think against uh, a side like Burnley I think that Leeds Leeds can win this quite comfortably Social media was really weird. After Leeds got beaten 6-2 by Manchester United, Des Corkill, a lot of people were talking up Bielsa, talking up Bielsa ball. And I, I think some United fans got a bit annoyed, saying, how can you keep speaking nice things about this guy? He hasn't. He keeps getting tonked and all that. Is it sustainable? Is it right for the Premier League? Is it here to stay? Hope so. Really hope so. If you're going to lose, go down in absolute flames of glory like that. Attack when you're 4-0 down. Attack when you're 6-1 down with two minutes to go. Give me that. It's a duty of care to the public. I will pay my subscription rate. Double it, actually, if I can get somebody with the attitude of Leeds. It's attack or defence. So this should be uh, a fun one. Um, my only concern for this game against Burnley is Leeds aren't very good defensively in the air. So when Burnley go boot up to big Chris Wood and he knocks it down and they pack three people into the six-yard box, Leeds might concede four or five goals in this. But they'll go up to the other end and score six or seven because they're wonderful fun. They have a joie de vivre and a spirit which is pure fantasy land. And long may it continue. Long may it continue. And just one other thing. The greatest goal I've ever seen took place in a Leeds versus Burnley game, Eddie Gray. Eddie back Gray. Back in 1971, I think. He had some shot on him, didn't he? This wasn't a shot. This was a dinky dribble that is as good as anything you have ever seen from any player ever in your life. Look it up on YouTube. Eddie Gray, Leeds versus Burnley. It was a wonderful goal. And Leeds are playing in that kind of great fantasy. Not dirty Leeds anymore. Fabulous, festive, fantastic Leeds who keep losing. <laughs> now, now, that's from an impartial fan. From a Leeds fan's point of view, is it good or bad for the heart, Arvin Sidhu? It hasn't been good for the heart since Bielsa came, for, for good or for, for, for bad. Uh, but yeah, when, when I saw this fixture, I was just, the first person that came to my mind was Des, because you've got Beauty versus the Beast. You've got Leeds, which has got Burnley on the other side. But when you look at it from a points tally, where Leeds are right now, they are second only after Sheffield United's marvellous season last season for a promoted team. 
So they are happy from a points perspective where Leeds are at right now. But these are the games that they will be judged on. Burnley now, this week, West Brom next week. Those are the games that Leeds need to win to consolidate. Uh, the games against the United, the Chelsea's, the Liverpool's, those are the, the fantasy games that Leeds are back in the Premier League. But if you're asking me, Bielsa won't change. He came out the other day and said he's not going to change. So Des is going to be able to double his subscription all the way to the end of the season because that's how he plays. But um, what's important for, for Leeds is they, they cannot go on the same mantle of conceding as many as those that they do. They, that He knows how to shut up shop. He just needs to revert that without compromising the attack that he has played. So Bielsa has got a few cards out, up his sleeve. Don't, don't forget, he kept clean sheets too, too earlier in the season against Everton and Arsenal. He knows how to shut up shop as well. He just needs to do it more often than he has recently. All right, it's 14th versus 16th. It's all set up for loads of goals, or maybe not. Sunday, 8 p.m. kickoff, that one. Final break. Uh, stick with us. Uh, back right after this. Lovely football. Speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. A two-goal lead, a picture of a goal, and that should be job done. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us this Christmas evening. Arvin Sidhu, Bob Holmes, Des Corkill joining me to preview match week 15. Liverpool versus West Brom is a Monday half past midnight kickoff. Jurgen Klopp's men have had eight days rest. That should do them nicely, Des Corkill. I also read that Thiago could be back. So it could all round be a formidable Liverpool that turns up. Worries me this one um, because the expectation is our oh, Liverpool will turn up. They did Palace last week very easily. All they have to do is turn up. And when that kind of attitude infiltrates and everyone's saying they've had the rest and all the players are back, the expectation levels and the intensity level might drop. Jurgen Klopp is famous for not letting that happen. But I do worry about this because the Allardyce kick didn't happen against Aston Villa. It could well happen here. Backs to the wall, bodies in front of the ball. If they, if they can keep a clean sheet for the first half, Liverpool begin to maybe get a little bit uh, edgy that uh, it, it's not going to be another seven goals. Then, then that could be uh, an awkward little one for Liverpool. On paper, absolutely not. On paper, it's a three or a four or a five nil. But in the actual where we are in this of, uh, of Liverpool, maybe thinking, OK, we've got a breather. Oh, we can relax just a little bit. Oh, we can prepare properly without the intensity that they've, they, they've shown. And this, this, is, this just worries me. And Allardyce, uh, love him or hate him, he does have the ability to make teams very, very difficult to score goals against. Yeah, so I'm a hmm, little bit worried. Yeah, it's wasted worry, Bob Holmes, surely. But it is Big Sam, and if there is such a thing as new manager bounce, he's got a lot of waste (laughs) 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 for it to actually bounce off him. Um, But this would be a massive ask. He's not silly. It would just be looking for performances here from his his charges, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, He can certainly bounce, all right. But... uh... (laughs) I think the expectation on him will maybe a bit uh, a bit of a problem for him because I, I'm sure a lot of West Brom fans thought the moment uh, he signed the contract that ah we're safe now you know I, I, there is that I mean he's he's got that reputation I mean all credit to him for building that reputation I mean never having been relegated it's quite something when you've managed about 55 clubs isn't it um, I'm amazed that he hasn't manage West Brom before um, because that's his local team you know he's from that neck of the woods although he he was a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan uh, when he was a kid Um, but uh, no he'll feel at home there and big expectations I'm sure and I'm not sure he can deliver with that Mm. team I think that's essentially a championship team just like Sheffield United are and you know they're being found out they have their moments uh, they've got a couple of good players, Dian Garner, who West Ham were, uh, West Ham fans anyway, were rather sorry to see go, and uh, Pereira, and the keeper, Sam Johnston, he's been keeping them in it yeah. uh, lately, but uh, they're out of their depth here, and uh, the thing about Liverpool is, 
they don't panic if they don't score in the first 35 minutes or so, or even the first half. They just keep pummeling you. They just, <laughs> yeah, they don't panic if it's 85 minutes gone. I mean, they're human. There might be some anxiety. But no, I think Klopp has got them uh, sorted. I mean, he, he can keep their feet on the ground and knows how to uh, how to deal with the players and uh, some of those guys you mentioned I uh, don't think Thiago will be fit for this game uh, he's back in training I think he's expected to play against Newcastle uh, next week now that's a thought isn't it Liverpool bolstered by Thiago taking on Newcastle that should be something to savour poor Steve um, Bruce <laughs> so I <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't really see any any uh, problem here for for Liverpool in uh, in this one. Yeah, forget Calvert Lewin as captain in FPL. Arvin Sidhu, it should be Mo Salah or Mane. Just one one little fact: the last time Liverpool lost at home, who was the manager? Sam Allardyce with Crystal Palace. Just one little very interesting bit right there. But yeah, Sam Allardyce has come on and said he wishes he's had more time. He wishes this fixture was down the line. I'm, I'm like with Bob on this. Besides, uh, Diangana, Matthias Pereira is back. He's probably their most skillful player that they have. They will miss Jack Livermore. He got sent off needlessly against Villa the other day. But it's essentially a championship squad. But Sam Allardyce has the ability to make championship squad players play out of their skin. So he's given them a fighting chance. West Brom have a fighting chance and you will see them tighten up a little bit more at the back. But yeah, interesting bit. The last one to beat Liverpool away was Big Sam with Crystal Palace. So probably giving Des a bit more nerves right now. That's because it was about five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Another interesting uh, snippet here is that uh, it was Bilic, Slaven Bilic, who succeeded Big Sam at uh, West Ham. Ah. And now... And now it's the other way around. Now it's uh, Big Sam succeeding Slaven Bilic. And you ask West Ham fans who they'd rather have as manager. <laughs> and uh, you're only going to get one answer. And it's not Big Sam. Good um, luck to West Brom. Liverpool versus West Brom. Then Monday, half past midnight, that one kicks off. It's first versus 19th. Uh, Wolves versus Tottenham is 11th versus 6th. It's your Monday, 3.15 a.m. kickoff, this one. Uh, Tottenham, we, we saw them in, in Carabao Cup action in midweek. Uh, Bale went off injured, but uh, Mourinho has been rotating his side, Des. You, you'd expect him to get the, the league challenge back on track, wouldn't you? Yes, you you would. Uh, a month ago, I'd have thought this would have been a really, really tough match for them because Wolves at that stage, I think, were were competing. But they, they uh, a few things have happened to Wolves, not only results-wise, but one or two injuries. And Tottenham, this is perfect for them, playing away from home. They can sit back. They can utilise the pace of a, a Son against a back three. Harry Kane can do his little bit of magic. So I would imagine they'll, they'll get back uh, into winning ways here. Um, Tottenham's um, record at Wolves isn't too bad either. It's, it's, it's um, you know, some teams have difficult places to go to. Tottenham seem to do pretty well at Wolves, even when they're mediocre. I think they've won as many as they've, they've lost. So, yeah, I, I can see this being perfect for, for Mourinho. They'll be high after making it into the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. They know there's a little bit of pressure on that they, they can't afford too many losses, otherwise Liverpool might get away up at the top. So, yeah, it, it's, it's an important game for them, but I can... I can't see anything other than an away victory here. Love to know how Wolves are going to turn their season around and maybe the other two boys have got one or two answers to that. Yeah, that, that Raul Jimenez question still looming large, isn't it, Bob Holmes? I know we've seen them score recently. They're, they've stepped up Pablo Neto. But uh, Fabio Silva scored a penalty, but that's, he's not going to get that every week. No, um, we mentioned uh, Jimenez last week and I I did look up uh, what uh, the situation is with him and they just they just don't know. No, uh, nobody can put a date on when or if he's likely to come back. They remain hopeful. He could even play uh, this season, but no one is putting any any date whatsoever on it. They don't want to pressurize him and they want to make sure he's 100% before he does come back. There's no which, way he's going to be rushed Wolves, back. 
which means Wolves have to spend in January, don't they? Yes. Um, the, well, to, to be competitive, to have uh, any serious hopes of uh, doing anything this season, I think you could say that, yeah, they're a bit short, aren't they, up front? And especially with uh, the situation with uh, Adama Traore and uh, Nuno Espirito Santo's reluctance to start him or play him that much. And uh, he's not happy, Traore. And you don't know whether it's the fact that it's because he's not being played or whether that, that's upsetting Traore or, or whether Traore is upsetting Nuno, you know, which way is it? I think it could be sorted out. If they can sort out Brexit, they can sort that out. Um, I think they should just play him, you know, and then, and then worry about it, you know, see what he can do. I mean, he's a great, he's great. When he comes on, he's the, he's the biggest threat, isn't he? Hmm. Now that Jimenez is out of the picture, he's just about their only threat. And um, I mean, there'd be no shortage of offers for him if he, if they decided to sell him. Yeah. So, uh, I think that uh, a bit of man management there can uh, can sort that out. Uh, Wolves are a strange one. I mean, they've got uh, Jorge Mendes there, sort of allegedly choosing their their players for them from Portugal. This uh, production line there, and most of them have been very good. But um, they do seem a little bit reluctant to spend really big money. Um, so I don't know uh, quite what the situation is. They've, they've got uh, owners from China and um, you don't think they're short of a few bob, but quite how ambitious they are, it's a bit difficult to tell. Mm. They're nearly there and you feel that if they're really serious, you know, just invest a little bit more. And now is the time when there's a glaring uh, hole in, the, in their attack. Um, this will be a test. I think if they do go out and buy somebody in January, it'll show that Wolves really mean business. If they don't, I think they're just going to be nearly men. All right. Wolves versus Tottenham, Monday, 3.15 a.m. kickoff. There are more games happening over the weekend. We will be back on Monday evening to look back on all the action for you. For now, the guys and I are going to say ho, 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 and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much, Arvin Sidhu. Thank you, everyone. Have a good break and have a good weekend. Enjoy the football. Thanks to Bob Holmes. Yep, echo those sentiments, absolutely. And let's hope for a better new year next year. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Des Corkill, thanks so much. Merry Christmas. Pleasure. Looking forward to the holidays. I'm also looking to ranting about VAR when it makes its way back into our lives in, uh, uh, after the, the Christmas holidays. So but that's still to come. For now, big, big happy smile. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Have a great weekend, everybody, and be safe, everyone. Bye. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.